is Greater Grass, a podcast. We are your hosts, Carrie Wheat and Kelly McVeigh. Thanks for joining us today. So excited to have you. We are doing our weekly roundup about confidence, which pairs very well with the episode we did a couple weeks ago about insecurities. So I'm going to link that in the show notes. And yeah, this is our weekly roundup. Let's get started. So listeners, we wanted to actually dive into the idea of very specifically confidence in your workplace, which isn't necessarily a physical place. And, you know, I don't know if it's just for women, but we are women. So I don't know if it's across the board. Yeah, I think it probably is for everyone. And listen, Carrie, I would say that we probably will talk about workplace more, but I think even in personal like insecurities and being a mom or insecurities Mm -hmm. in a relationship. Like, even though we might be talking about work, like, I think it all goes hand in hand. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And we actually talked about this before we jumped on. And there's a couple examples really recently that came up with me and Kelly working together and doing interviews that really stood out to us. So... I wanted, we wanted to share some of that stuff. So Grand Rev Creative, which is like the company you guys all might have heard about because our Instagram is Grand Rev Creative, but what is it, right? So Yeah, we've never really talked about it, which is yeah. funny because we originally, Carrie and I, like when we were like drinking wine and like, oh my gosh, it's crazy that we've reconnected. Like we talked about a podcast for a while and then we were like, should we, shouldn't we? And then we like decided to come up with Ground Rev. And so Ground Rev kind of came before the podcast, the podcast. but there was a pandemic, which is the reason there, there was a pandemic. There was a, this small thing that called the pandemic. So basically Kelly came to me and said, so I have all these great corporate contacts who are sometimes asking me if I would just choreograph or do I know dancers? Do I know an aerialist? Do, do I know a magician? Because you have like one foot in the dance industry. And you came to me and, and you I'm said- a networker. Yeah. You're, Networking yeah. is my deal. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. So she came to me and she said, do you think we could do this together? And I was like, oh my God, the only reason I would never open a company like that myself is because the thing that I would be lacking is the contacts, is the people who actually cared to hire me to to shape their entertainment for events. I don't even know those people. I'm, you know, I I know a lot more event planners and, and, you know, entertainment companies than I do people who want to hire them. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like a a match made in heaven. Mm -hmm. But then... We came up with this amazing idea, Grand Rev. Web, the website we was amazing. We built the website. We did all the things. <laughs> so excited. I went and had meetings with people to like network, tell them what we were doing, and then boom, pandemic. Pandemic. And then we're like, okay, while we're sitting on our hands, let's do a podcast. Let's name it Greener Grass. So that's, it's almost backwards because Grand Rev was the first thing. But we're working on an event. The world is starting to open up. People are starting to have events and we're hitting the ground running. We're really excited. And, and so fun because this is kind of like where we initially were. And so um, learning each other again, I think, you know, partnering with the podcast, partnering um, with Ground Rev, we've both realized we, first of all, we balance each other so well, I think. Our skill sets, what we bring to the table, 
Um, we get each other. I feel like we can talk things out easily, but it's another venture for us to like kind of figure things out. But that goes full circle to we have our first event and we were really, really excited. And then when we started plotting and planning and talking about it, I had some like insecure moments. Yeah. Please tell them, please tell them what it was like from your perspective. And then I'll tell what it was like from my perspective to, to watch you go through that. Okay, so I think part of the thing is that the network and the contact were people that I know. And so we should dive into that a little bit, Carrie. But I think it was kind of like, do we know? Do we know? Do we know what we're doing? Like, are we in the right ballpark? Are we on the right? I was just questioning everything. And the amazing thing about it was, is every time I felt a little bit like a fish out of water and questioning myself, you had such like confidence and strength and drive that like just to push forward like this, 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 that it was kind of like, okay, I trust her. I have established this working relationship with her. I know that she is a hot ticket in the industry. She knows a million people. She's been in this industry forever. Like, why am I doubting myself? But I definitely, I mean, I remember even being at my parents' house and being like, oh my gosh, we're so excited. We have our first event. We're like, have all these amazing ideas, but I feel really unsure. And it goes back to even in the episode where Ali Schwabel talked about being the CEO of Vibrant, the bra company, where she was like doubting, like, am I meant to be a CEO? I think in those exciting moments, there comes moments where you're insecure and you're like, do I really know what I'm doing? And I, that's how I felt um, in the moment of us starting to work on this event. And from my end, both of us are going to do both parts eventually. But the way we came up with this partnership, Kelly was our ticket into things, always. It's not going to be me that these gigs come out of. I mean, it's just, I mean, I'm like a, it's just not going to happen that way most of the time. But I knew in the back of my head that when these gigs do come around, that pre-production, like doing all the nuts and bolts. When I started, Kelly, um, a couple weeks ago, working on this project with you, it felt, it felt like, oh my God, I know everything about this job. I know yeah. every single part of this job because I've been doing it for so long and not getting paid for it. And I felt that from you. Like I felt that like it wasn't even like questioning a moment. And let's be honest, I am not really, was I a spreadsheet queen back in the day <laughs> of being an event planner? For sure. But it was like the least favorite part of my job. And like Carrie was like, boom, budget, spreadsheet, line item by line item. Um, just so on it that I was thinking my lucky stars. Well, and I was, I was trying to remind her, and I think that people might go through this in their, in their work. You are not on an island by yourself. That is the reason we're a team, because these two parts are, are supposed to come together. They're supposed to come together like this, and you can lean on me, and I can lean on you, and that's okay, and being vulnerable in this workspace doesn't mean that you're not qualified and ready. It just means you got to maybe lean on somebody else a little, and then, and then when your strength picks up, or, or, or start to learn that, which I think we're... I think it's happening. So that was very interesting. The other point that me and Kelly came up with 
was that I feel like my boldest confidence comes out when I am working with somebody that I am not that close to. And this goes into so many things in our work lives, right? Kelly was talking yes. to me about what she calls warm, 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 market. warm market or cold market. Yeah. yeah, tell me your experience with that and how people deal with that. Because I didn't think about it that way, but I'm definitely, I'm definitely bolder when I'm not that close to it. Well, I think it comes, you know, with my everyday, you know, coaching, talking to people about building a business um, in the direct sales world, you know, whether with all the companies I've been in, people tend to go to their warm market. So a warm market is that circle around you, your family, your friends, the people that you have in your phone that you call and text every day. And a lot of times people stay in their warm market because it feels super safe to them. And really when you, when you grow your market and you get out of that warm market and you start making connections with new people in your community, friends of your friends, um, and you really branch out from who you know and who are the people that you talk to every day, that's really when business explodes. And I think it was a reminder with this event for Grand Rev that sometimes when you're talking to the people that you're close to, you're a little bit more nervous because you're going to talk to them again in two days. You're going to see them in a week and you care, like you genuinely care and care about what they think about you and how they're portraying you and seeing you and what their perception is of everything. And when you get to people that are in your cold market or people that are outside of that network of the people that you know every single day, you kind of don't care and you just do the job and you, you do it to the highest expectation, you do it in the way that you won't want to, but you know that you might not ever talk to them, them again. You might not see them in a month. You might not see them in six months. You not, you might not see them in a year. So I feel like with this ground rev event, this was contacts I knew and in my network and it felt a little closer to home and I want to do a good job. I want them to think, Oh my gosh, Kelly's still hitting the ball out of the park. Where you being in LA across the country, you're like, I don't know who these people are. You're showing up doing the event exactly how you know it should be done, but there's no personal feeling in it. And I think sometimes when you're close to home, there's so much personal feeling attached to it that sometimes you overthink it instead of just doing the job that you know that you can do. Yeah, and it's so loaded. You know, like going into the this, you know, this event planning, it's like I it's so plug and play for me. I'm just like, okay, these are the things. And I have no worry about, okay, this is how I know the person. This is my relationship. I know the people that they know. And then also with our, with our interview that's coming out next week that we're so excited about. It's like, that's a big one. A big, a big one. one Olympic, Jerry. Olympic yeah. goaltender, um, Jimmy Howard, who spent his, most of his career with the Red Wings. And he's just, He's just a star. And same thing kind of happened. I'm not saying that it happened in the same way, but you know, this is this is Callie's contact. She knows she knows him because of her partner. And so there's that, you know, it's like he's he's kind of involved in a way because they're friends and and so she comes at the interview with a lot of confidence, but there might be a layer there, you know. I don't know if it's a layer yeah. of nervousness or whatever. But for me, 
it only comes like later I think about it, like later in the day, I'll be like, oh, I just talked to like an Olympic goaltender who has this ridiculous record. Like he's a god to many. Yeah. But I really do think that like, and it's not that you don't do your homework. I do my homework, but I just don't have as much of a emotional connection to this person. Like I'm not a big fan. I'm not a hockey fan. So when I'm listening, one of the first questions that I wanted to ask that I had no qualms about is, when do you feel vulnerable? Can you tell me about that? Because I think a lot of people would resonate with that. And, you know, I'm asking an Olympic goalie when he gets scared, you know? Yeah. Because I'm not that close. Right. And for me, um, knowing that he was with the NHL, like, 14 plus seasons, huge deal. I know that I could see him, you know, in a couple weeks, even after the interview, I'm like overthinking, like, do we leave that part in? Do we leave that part? You know, and you're not because you are not as attached in a personal way right, to the podcast where you're looking at it from probably a better lens because you're just looking at it as the material, as the interview, as what people would want to hear, where I'm overthinking, um, you know, the material and what we're putting out into the world. Right, because when you interview somebody who is like a god to to many people and you're asking questions and maybe you hit a nerve here or there, the thing is, is that when you're interviewing somebody, you don't want to have like a generic conversation. You want to you wanna really, at least if you're me and Kelly, because we're not a sports commentator, we want to talk about the emotions of, involved with all those big life events, you know? That is greener grass is talking about how you feel about your life and how you feel about the mistakes you've made and the, the goals that you have achieved. You know, we want to see where you came from your heart. And a lot of times you have to go at that with a bold confidence because, you know, you see journalists all the time on TV and the ones that have been around a long time and are really experienced, they ask like the president of the United States really deep questions. And I think that it takes a long time to build that type of confidence. Totally agree. I mean, so, you know, a couple things just to go back and I, and I want to keep talking about this is one, I think that what we've learned from Grand Rev Um, this event that we're doing and the podcast in general is it's amazing to have someone at your side. It's amazing to have someone to bounce ideas off of, to, to help with your confidence in those moments where you don't have confidence, they kind of swoop in and, um, you know, make you whole again and like cover you. And that's what happened in planning this event that I would kind of pull back and you were like, nope on it. And so having someone to partner with, to pace with, to work from a business or even the fact of parenting, like there's a reason that you parent with someone and, and hopefully most of the time you have someone that you parent really, really well with, but that other side gives you confidence in moments or brings something to the table that maybe you don't as a parent or in a relationship. And then two, I think the other thing that we just talked about is, you know, learning to get outside one of your comfort zone, but just knowing that you have a little bit more confidence, probably outside of that warm market, your friends, family, those people that are close to you and like branching out to other people. I think it's two things that we really, when we were talking about this, realized when we're insecure, 
make us feel a little bit stronger and more confident. Yeah. And then also remember every single person out there has both in them. Like we're going to, we're going to link the episode called insecure where Carrie was fucking super insecure. Yes. And you know, there's two sides. Like I'm insecure on this side and super secure on the other. And then how, how do we balance those sides so that, you know, you're a balanced individual and Kelly, Kelly swoops in all the time and balances me in those moments where I'm just like, why am I even getting hired for this? I'm so confused. I feel (laughs) like shit, you know? Even in that moment, when we talked about that in the podcast, about the fact that you went to the rehearsal, you felt worried, unsure. um, And then the next day you had, you know, the actual filming of the, um, you know, the project. You called me, we talked through it. And I think I was helping remind you of all the strengths and all the things that you know, that you're professional, that you know your strengths, you know what you bring to the table. You've been doing this forever. You got hired for a reason. And I think sometimes it's circling back when you have those moments of not feeling confident. Like, what do I bring to the table? What are my strengths? Do I know what I'm doing? Do I know what I'm talking about? Why did I think that I could do this to begin with? And I think that you have to do that all the time. And I think I, re- I kind of did that with this grand rant rev event that was like, okay, I worked in an events department, led an events department for years. I've put on conventions. I've been in the dance space forever. There's a reason my network um, knows that I know what I'm talking about. There's a reason that Carrie wanted to partner with me on this. And so I think one, you and I can remind each other of those strengths, but sometimes you have to like dig deep and you have to remind yourself, Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. is crazy. Yeah. Because at a certain point you put the phone down, you lay in bed and you're so alone by yourself in your head and you have to, you know, in my case for that job, I needed to walk in with a different energy the next day. And you have to do that work mentally to have an authentically different energy the next day. You can't really fake that. So at least I didn't, wasn't able to fake that. So I think it's so important. And you know, Kelly, the other thing that crossed my mind is that don't, don't you sometimes feel like, shouldn't I have figured this out by now? And then it happens again. And then it happens again. You know, like, I feel like this might happen until I'm in the grave. No, I think that's the damn human experience. (laughs) Darn it. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's, and, and when you say like laying in bed and like kind of you're alone by yourself, it is kind of the truth of the matter that our head can do amazing things in a million ways. Our, our mindset can make us believe that we can jump out of an airplane and that we have the ability to do whatever. And our mindset also can make us believe that we have no idea what we're doing, what we're talking about and stay in bed and pull the covers over our head. And so it's crazy that our minds have that much ability to like change how we, how we do things. And you said it, like you knew that you had to have a different energy the next day that you had to get out of bed, show up, walk in with confidence and the fact that you did that the next day, whether it was because we chatted or because you had, had a little boost in the morning of talking to yourself, you showed up in the right way and it made the whole experience what it was in a good way. Yeah. I think for that particular day, I basically woke up and I was like, 
oh, I know how to do this. I know how to do this. I know how to do this. And I just kept on repeating that to myself. And then, of course, my girlfriends who live here, they're kind of like, I know that you're having a moment, but you know how to do this, and you're probably going to have this moment again in, like, six months. So, yeah. you know, and with Jimmy, we were talking about it, and he called it lightning in a bottle and being able to capture that feeling that no one, no one can touch you. Yeah. And you're just like on a streak. Yeah. You're confident. Yeah. You feel good. Um, and all the things. And, and listen, I think that happens with mother, you know, parenting. I think it happens in relationships. I think that there are days that I'm like, oh my gosh, I have no idea what I'm doing. Am I supposed to do this? How am I supposed to answer that? Is there grade because of what I did or, or is the fact that, you know, E doesn't want to, Emerson doesn't want to get out of bed in the morning because of me. Like we can doubt ourselves in a million different ways. And I think that we can have moments of insecurity in relationships as well, where we talk ourselves into a certain space in the relationship of not feeling secure for whatever reason. And I think a lot of times that's on us actually. Yeah. Yeah. No, this confidence thing is so tricky. It's so tricky. Like you think you're, you think you're fine. And then you have moments like that. So I guess, you know, one of the reasons why we wanted to talk about this is because the more tools you have in your back pocket to kind of like, kind of address different types of situations, you know, because sometimes it is calling your girlfriend. Yeah. And you know what else? This is a really random, but you know, I was at Longenberger for 13 years and I knew Longenberger was in a space where it was time for me to move on. And I hadn't updated my resume. I hadn't had a conversation and I started doing interviews, which I hadn't interviewed obviously for 13 years. And from those interviews, when you interview with someone, which I'm sure is somewhat like an audition, Mm -hmm. when you're interviewing, you're forced to talk about your strengths. You're forced to talk about all the amazing things you've done over the years. It forces you into talking about all of those things. And when I started interviewing, I went into interviews super, you know, questioning myself and not confident. And after a couple, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm the shit. That's what I thought. I love it. <laughs> I know my shit. I do have amazing strengths. And so I promised myself I would never not interview. Um, but I think interviewing or getting back on the, you know, getting back on the bike or auditioning when you haven't auditioned for a long time or all of those things. And I, and I also think like going back to the well and learning again. So I feel like I've had some moments in dance where I felt like questioning, like what I was bringing to the students, like my, you know, ballet knowledge, I felt in a rut and I started taking classes again. And I think that also gave me confidence. So there, I think there are so many tools that can really make you feel confident, whether it's a friend or whether it's digging deep in just, you know, having the conversation with yourself, whether it's, um, you know, working with people that you don't know so that if you fail, you don't feel like it really matters in the whole scheme of things. And then obviously like going back to the well, listening to a podcast, reading an article, taking a class, like whatever those things are, I think confidence can be shaken always. And, 
having the tools to kind of like jump back in, dig deep and finding confidence in those moments that you feel like shit and you feel like you have no fucking idea what you're doing. Digging deep will always help you get to the other side. Um, and, and maybe you'll be lucky enough to have a friend like Carrie or a co-partner that really helps you get back on path. So Kelly, you were saying, okay, so we're talking about like having that person to help you. But if you don't have that and you are in a hotel room by yourself because you ha- you're on a job and you need to walk into the meeting the next day. Yeah. Okay. So this is what I used to do. Totally different. And the whole education, going into an education phase, I do that a lot too when I need a little bump. Like even if it's a dance class, if it's just taking an online course, you know, on yeah. my own time, that kind of stuff helps a lot. But I had what I called Carrie's Book of Narcissism. Okay. Which is just a scrapbook of my achievements. Oh, I love it. I have it. It's in Delaware now because it's, I basically, and it's a good way to like organize your pictures, but like, because my job is a visual sport, I had a lot of pictures, but maybe you have a lot of awards or articles or papers that you've written or press releases that you've written or, you know, whatever that deliverable is, right? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's a beautiful spreadsheet. I love this. I love this idea. You know what is so crazy? I think that as I'll say women, but it's because I know women and, and it could be for men too. I think we're like, we know that we need to be humble and we're afraid to like give shout outs or feel like we're badasses or whatever. And so I think that we like hold back from even thinking that about ourselves. And I think I've mentioned this before where I had that time where I did life coaching and I was supposed to write down one thing I wanted to improve and three big wins. And every single day I was like, I I have no wins. Like, I don't know. My kids are breathing. Like, what are my wins? I have no wins. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) And it was really hard. And I feel like after a week it would like started to become easier. But I think the reason was that it was hard wasn't because I wasn't having wins. It was because it's hard to toot your own horn or give yourself that moment where, because you feel like you think too much of yourself or why would you shout yourself out? And there's something to be said for celebrating the wins you've had and feeling confident in that moment to, to say it and shout it out. And I think that's hard for women. Yeah. And when I would be like, either I went to an audition and I didn't get it or, and I really wanted it, or I did the audition and I need to go to a callback the next day. So sometimes I would take out this book that I would just work on like once a year, I would just add pictures and whatever gigs that I did. And I would page through it and be like, if I'm not right for the gig, that's one thing. But if I am, there is no reason why they wouldn't want to hire me. Look at what I've done. I have experience because of this. This is what I bring to the table. Because let me tell you, I remember being like early in my career, like the first couple huge gigs that I booked. There is this woman who is just the scariest person to me. Her name's um, Bethany. (laughs) She's my friend to this yeah, day. Let's shut her out. She's hey, Bethany. Bethany Strong. She's she's my friend to this day. She okay, is this good. strong black woman who, at the time, she's the same age as me, but she was in the industry many years more than me, like a couple years before me, and was just like that dancer when I got that gig. Like she was like the lead dancer on that job when it came to like hierarchy. Yeah, 
And she would say stuff. And I don't know if she was joking or just trying to mess with people or trying to like dominate, dominate a little bit, which sometimes, you know, you play the game, however you play the game. And the, we, you know, we were all in our first position. The music was on. We're running it um, for the choreographer. I think it was, we were dancing for Ashanti. Remember Ashanti? Okay. Yeah, for sure. And um, Circle back around. You're a badass. Good point. <laughs> so like we're in our pose. We're in our pose. And she yells out right before five, six, seven, eight. Like, ladies, get on your gig. But I think she said, bitches, get on your fucking gig. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. don't fuck up. Which is, to, yeah. to me, now I think about that, like, I don't care if I've been dancing for 20 years. I do not yell out anything. The choreographer, like, you know, she's a dancer. She's not the choreographer, wasn't the assistant choreographer, but she just has so much confidence. But when I tell you that, like, if I had heard that and I was in that rut of mine a couple years ago, I would have fallen apart. But it was the very beginning of my career. I had none of that. I knew yeah. I was going to kill it. And so it didn't bother me. Like I was, yeah. I was kind of scared of her personally, but I wasn't scared of what she said. Do you think that you were more confident younger? It's because I knew nothing. I know. So, but do you do? Cause I, I'm trying to decide. I think I'm more confident now than I was as a 20 something, but I have to say, I've seen a lot of 20 somethings who. No, it was, it was like a dumb it, confidence. It was like a, it, yeah. it was like, I didn't have so much experience. I didn't have experience getting, pulling myself out of anything. It was just like, you know, I had only experienced pretty good things. So why wouldn't, why wouldn't it be good? You know, you you see um, the Olympics, for example, like just happened and all these super young, like kids basically at the height of their game at 14, 15 years old, they don't have the same pressure as like, the Sean Whites and, you know, um, my favorite male skater. Um, oh my goodness. Why can't I remember his name now? He just won gold, the male skater, male figure skater. You know, like they don't have the pressure because they're, they, they're not at the top yet. Yeah. I just listened to a podcast. Now I'm going to screw up. Is it, who was the, the, not the Olympic skater, but the skateboard skater, Tony, Tony Hawk. Tony Hawk. Yeah. And it was saying like in the moment when he was like young, it was like, try tricks, be crazy, do all the things. And then older, still trying tricks, doing all the things, but it was connected to how I feed my kids, how I pay for the house, how yeah. like the confident that can shake confidence too, in the sense that when you're young, you're just like doing it. Cause it's fun. It's your passion. It's crazy. And then all of a sudden it becomes like how I'm feeding everyone. Yeah. Or it becomes like, it's just layered. It's like an onion. Like your onions has less layers when you're, when you're younger. And sometimes that onion is pure talent. Hold on bean. Mama's not done. Hold on, Bean. You know, that's what made... Like, no, you are. His name You're is... actually done. His name is Nathan Chen. The, okay. The, the figure skater the who, 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 won, who won gold. For somebody like him or Sean White, who has just, like, been at the top of their game for years and years and years, their, layer, their onion is so layered, and it's just, like, having confidence to perform at that level is so impressive because there's so many... Or, Simone Biles, like it's just so much pressure 
And to yeah. have that confidence and or to deal with a moment where your body doesn't have the confidence and you don't know what to do about it when you're either at a high level and under the spot like that or in your job where you know, you've got the pressure of your boss and you've got spotlight on you, even though it's like just in your niche, you know? Yes. Yeah. You know what this makes me think of too? And this is probably a last point ish. Cause we didn't talk about this earlier, but I was thinking about the fact that I've had so many people tell me that in meetings, I will say, okay, well I have this silly idea. Like we don't have to do it, but it's, and then I would say my point and people would say, you say that. And then you say the most amazing, brilliant thing. And it's like, you want to lower everyone's expectations. So you're like, this is probably dumb, but what if we did X? And I think it's another thing. Like I don't have the confidence and I'm worried to say what I think. So I want to establish everyone at the table. Like this is probably silly. And I know we probably won't do this. And everyone's like, why do you do that? Why don't you just be confident and like come out and say the idea? And if we move on, like it's better than you saying like, this is probably dumb. But I find myself doing that personally too, where I'm like, well, this is probably like not a great idea, but what if we did? And I don't, I think it is a like protective layer or something that I do. Mm. Have you been in that situation, like the devil wears Prada, where you just get like professionally slapped in the face at work a million times? And so that's what has transpired after that? I haven't. I haven't. But maybe it's like past relationships and it's deeper and it just spills into work. Possibly. I have no idea. Confidence is such a tricky thing. So tricky. So tricky. Even with all these tools that we've just shared. No, I mean, that's how complicated it is. It's so complicated. It's so complicated. And I feel like when you are young, for the young people out there, if you have it, just ride it until, (laughs) I'd say just like, if I could have rode mine out, my my, um, kind of, not dumb confidence, but like kind of like my naivete you know, yeah. I, I, I wish I would have just ridden it as hard and fast as I could because, I mean, that itself is just such a commodity. Yes. As is time. Both. Totally. Yeah. I know. The, the two biggest things. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, yeah. So... I feel good. I feel really good that we talked about this. I think, I think that sometimes me and Kelly talk about it and it just kind of fuels us even more. Yeah. And I think sometimes we don't talk about it, but like we knew it, like we knew doing the ground rev event, like we were feeling each other's confidence or not confidence or in the moment or making a decision. And when you and I talked earlier today about other things we need to talk about and, and we were like, let's jump on tonight it was kind of like we both knew that this is something that we've been feeling, thinking about, um, and obviously just recording. Jimmy, we talked about, you know, confidence as a goalie and insecurities. And so it was just like full circle that it is something that people think about, deal with 
every day, regardless of age, regardless of gender. And so I love that we, A, like just really talked it through. And then B, I think even for the listeners, not just for the listeners, but for myself, reminding myself that like having a partner to make me feel more confident when I'm not feeling it and thinking about mindset and going back to the well of learning. And all of those things are tools that like, kind of when I'm feeling that moment laying in bed and feeling crazy, I can come back to. Okay, two things. I was like, don't forget what you're thinking about, Carrie. So number one, in your in your line of work, direct sales, it would yeah. actually really intimidate me to go for those warm, that warm network warm first. Market. I, yeah, I think that is scarier than going cold because I, I don't know, like, for example, this podcast. Yeah. You will not find me trying to get my friends and family to listen to this. I won't even try. I'm not, I don't care. Not that I don't care. I get excited when they say they're listening, but I do not expect it because especially living in LA, especially my LA friends, everybody has a fucking podcast. My parents don't know what a podcast is. <laughs> like no one I know listens to this podcast, which is why I know I can talk about everybody and no one's going to find out. So... <laughs> <laughs> where where I feel like a lot of people that I know listen and I and I and I don't even really want them to. <laughs> well, no, you want them to, but yeah, like it's not I I want to reach the person like in the UK or like in South America. Like I want to li- yeah. reach the people who like really are interested in us authentically because they're interested, not because I keep bugging them. Yes. You know, so I think that that's really hard. So the fact that you guys do that, I I think that's really admirable. And then number two, I was going to ask Kelly, here's a question for you. Does anybody ever wonder or ask how you have the confidence to like just up and start a podcast or a business on the side while you are raising four kids and also have a full-time job? Does anybody ever ask you that? I think that they just think I'm crazy and they (laughs) they don't ask that I think that it's like no surprise you know what I mean that they're just like well Kelly's crazy as usual you know what I mean like I don't think that they think more than that about it (laughs) well because I'm in my own shoes and so it doesn't strike me as weird but if I step outside of my shoes I don't also think that is totally common to like, just be like, oh, I'm going to start my own entertainment company. Oh, I'm going to start a podcast. Why don't I start another one? I I don't necessarily think. I totally agree with you. And so what can we channel that we obviously have? We don't, there's a lot of skill sets we don't have, but the skill set that we do have, and we, if we have listeners out there that want some of that juice, we want to give it to you. Like we want to give you that juju, whatever that is. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm trying to figure out how to give you some tangible things that that juju comes from. And you know what? I should have thought about this earlier and thought about it because. Well, <laughs> listen, I think our weekly roundup, we can like start to touch base on this because it is true. You and I like um, go after crazy things and like, just do them. And part of that goes back to this first step, which is confidence. And I think, you know, talking about some of the things that really help us dive into finding that confidence, 
um, even in the moments of, you know, feeling insecure in some of the things we're doing. So I like the idea of you and I are doing some crazy things that we are feel passionate about and are, you know, were big dreams at one point, but it's bit, you know, it's never the dream. It's taking action on what the dream is and making it a goal and then making it happen. So I feel like that's something that I think you and I can continue to touch on, um, on our weekly roundups, but I think confidence is a super good start. Yeah. You know, the idea of like, and I don't think people are going to be like, Hey, you told me about the thing you were going to do, but you didn't do it. But I am personally not fearful, but I don't want to be that person who talks a lot of smack about some, you know, flying the moon and then never take steps to fly the moon. Yeah. I don't want to, I, I personally am just like, if I'm going to talk about it and not only that, if I'm going to put my like time into it, I'm going to do it because if you don't do it, you just wasted your prep time or, you know, however much time you put into it and then just drop the ball. Totally. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't even want to waste that time. But at the same time, you know, a lot of times you get to a sticking point and you're like, oh, this is so hard. So hard to do whatever it is. So yeah, yeah, we definitely need to touch base on that because I feel like a lot of people have different juju and I would love to get theirs too. You know, in the ways that I feel like I'm weaker in my my work and my professional life. How do I get more of that? And a lot of it is like with my other podcasts, I've been talking to other business owners who own studios and I don't own a studio yet, right? And I will ask them all the questions. I'm like, how do you do A, B, C, and D? And what is it like? And what does it feel like? And do you want to quit? Because I want that juju. I want their juice. Like I want whatever it is that they've got that allows them to do that really hard thing. Well, and I think even our, you know, podcasts that are, you know, whether it's Allie or Aitha or Jimmy, like they all are sharing their juju or sharing, you know, what helped them um, overcome or get where they're going. So even though it's such a, you know, a mix of guests, you know, from sports to business coach, to CEO, to, um, to a pastor. Yeah. To a pastor, they're all sharing their juju. And I feel like I take, I leave every single one learning something that ultimately is the thing that helps me get to where I'm going. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love it. Yeah. It's so good. What we're here for. It's so good. And you guys next week, you're in for such a treat because Jimmy Howard is a, he's a legend and he's also not even 40 yet. It's so crazy to be a legend and not be, you know, and be young in age. Um, But you guys are going to hear from him and he is just like, he's so funny and he's so real. It's exciting. It is. It was a great interview. Um, And we're just glad that you're here each week with us. Thanks so much for joining us. If you want to share your story of insecurity and confidence, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at carrie at grandrevcreative.com or you can DM us at grandrevcreative on Instagram. Please honor us with a five-star rating and a review anywhere you get your podcasts. It really helps us grow this audience. We appreciate you. We're thinking of you and have an amazing week. We will see you next time. This is Grass. 